When it comes to payroll, pretty good is never good enough. There's a better way to do payroll, and it's the way it always should have been, letting HR do less by letting employees have access to more. Betty, Paycom's award-winning, industry-first, employee-driven payroll experience, allows your workers to do their own payroll so HR can focus on more strategic initiatives. Learn more at paycom.com slash Betty. That's paycom.com slash B-E-T-I. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. In today's episode, we're joined by Neil Cowan, President and CEO of the National Society of Leadership and Success, the largest accredited leadership honor society in the United States. Throughout his career, Neil has been passionate about democratizing education and improving the online learning experience. His work has encompassed SAT prep, corporate training programs, and everything in between. He's a pioneer in creating new educational programs and spearheads sector efforts that drive real educational results for students across demographics. After more than a decade of private sector education and organizational growth experience, Neil joined NSLS in late 2021 as president and CEO and is currently leading the National Society of Leadership and Success through its newest phase of international growth. Neil is a return guest of the HR Works podcast, so I'm happy to say, Neil, welcome back to the HR Works podcast. Josh, thanks so much. I'm really, really thrilled to be here back on HR Works. Well, I'm excited to have you back on. Again, we had a great conversation back in February where you joined and shared a lot of the the Gen Z advantage and the advantage to HR teams and organizations in hiring the newest members of the workforce. But it's great to have you back and have a new conversation as we're going to look at leadership and development and how that plays into corporate culture, all as part of a conversation that will help us in our HR Corporate Culture Week here on HR Daily Advisor. So Great to have you back. Yeah, yeah. Thrilled to be here and uh, sounds good. Let's get into it. All right. So, so Neil, for any listeners who may be meeting you for the first time and haven't had the chance to listen to your first episode with us, can you just give us a brief overview of NSLS? Yeah, yeah. So the NSLS stands for the National Society of Leadership and Success. So we are the uh, largest leadership honor society in the country, and we actually now have expanded as well to Latin America. So we have chapters. We've got almost close to 800 chapters through both regions. And what we really focus on doing is helping uh, students and what I would consider emerging leaders build the habits to become a leader for life. Um, that's really what our focus is, is how do you really kind of build that foundation for yourself and continue to grow and continue to evolve as a leader. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a great year. I've been, I joined in, you know, uh, as you had mentioned, almost a year ago. So, uh, so yeah, a lot of great things are happening. That's fantastic. So since we last caught up in February, what's something that you've really worked on over the last year that you're really passionate about? Yeah, so a few things. Um, So uh, one, obviously, as I mentioned before, we just launched our first chapters in Latin America and Colombia specifically. Uh, Just a wonderful, wonderful region. Um, We're learning a lot in terms of just kind of the real passion and real talent that's in Latin America. I mean, when you're talking about hungry, motivated technically talented folks, like you've got a great, great pocket of talent in Latin America. Now we're hoping to kind of really support them, round out that skill set with those leadership skills. And we're just seeing just a, uh, a tremendous bridge kind of being built there. So very excited about that. 
Um, and then secondly is we um, we're going to be rolling out a uh, for the first time ever more of a professional version of our program, right? So typically we've always worked with kind of student members, right? And we've had a couple kind of you know corporate clients here and there, and those were more kind of custom leadership opportunities. But what we've seen is that there's a real need for something a little bit more ubiquitous across kind of the emerging leader populations or first-time leaders, right? And so what we're doing is that we're actually rolling out a uh, professional version of a membership program. You know, it's it's going to be rolling out. I think we're going to actually do our beta in January and then our full launch in July. Um, it'll be less than the cost of Netflix, but it'll give you access to uh, some pretty cool things in terms of starting to kind of round out uh, your leadership skills as an emerging leader um, and start to build a network for yourself as well. So really excited about that. That's fantastic. Thanks for sharing all that, Neil. Yeah. And congratulations on a successful 2022. I love what you mentioned too about merging into international markets, especially as we're seeing hiring opportunities now go global, right? We're seeing teams that are opening up their opportunities to go beyond just an on-site workforce as teams are moving more remotely and they're seeing that their talent pool has widened out to not just be within driving distance. It can be virtually anywhere and that can include opportunities and talent internationally. So I think looking at that Latin American market is fantastic and really aligns with some great opportunities that U.S. companies are seeing as they're looking to expand their workforce and their talent. Yeah. I mean, listen, we're in the time and place where it's important to be a global citizen, right? So it's important to be able to connect and work um, and communicate with with folks around the world. In Latin America, our, our friends right to the South that um, I think that gap is really starting to be bridged. And as a company, if you're not really looking at some talent opportunities in there, you are missing out. There is, you know, I mean, even for us as a company, outside of just kind of the work that we do in terms of leaders, and we've definitely started to leverage quite a bit of talent there, whether it's marketing or technology related talent, amazing, amazing place to good, find some good folks. I absolutely agree. And I love what you also mentioned in terms of what you're working on with expanding learning and leadership development opportunities into the workspace beyond just the student sector, but also professionals who have entered the working world. I think there's a great opportunity and we're seeing so many workers embrace and, and learn how to develop their leadership skills. Um, and it's something I really was hoping we could talk about today as part of HR Corporate Culture Week, and that's creating a culture of leadership development. So why don't we jump in right there? Why should HR leaders consider introducing leadership development programs into their organizations? I think you'd be hard pressed to find HR leaders that aren't doing it, right? But that said, I think what's happening is it's kind of focused in on one specific area. And normally it's kind of executive leaders, right? I think for most companies, I see most of the training around leadership and development, the budgets are all kind of really being built around kind of upper level management, executive type leaders, which is fine, right? It's important to get you, you want to make sure your top leaders, you got the right people in the right seats, totally get all that, right? But at the same token, right, we are kind of coming to a place where there's a demographic shift that's occurring, right? It's right in front of our eyes, right? I mean, between boomers retiring and millennials and even Gen Z now taking kind of critical leadership roles, it's it's never been more important to kind of make sure that that transition from an academic environment to a professional environment is is being developed from a company perspective, right? Like, how are you supporting these folks? Because most folks now are coming from an academic environment, which, you know, listen, universities do a great job in kind of teaching these rote academic skills that you need, right? But when it comes to like leadership skills, you know, you're not going to really get those kind of experiential learning opportunities you need to kind of really start to build that leadership skill set. So, and, and also, we're also kind of in a time where we're in a digital environment, right? Whether it's hybrid or fully remote staff, 
there's just been less opportunity for the upcoming leaders to kind of round out that skill set necessary to be a high functioning leader. Um, and so I think it's really, it's really important that HR leaders are, are more cognizant of this, right? And, and what are some opportunities where you can kind of help those, those entry level folks or emerging leaders start to kind of build that skill set? Um, and it, because I think at this point, it's almost kind of becoming leadership is now table stakes, right? Like you need it, right. like you need it as a skill set. And, and, and it's just the, the challenges. We're just seeing too many organizations that are budgeting for it and really kind of their executive leaders. How can we start to kind of help folks understand that there are programs that provide, you know, more radically accessible versions of leadership. So that way you can budget for it and make sure these folks are starting to build that foundation. We're also in a current environment where talent is at a premium and understanding that there is a cost to losing great talent to other opportunities and replacing that talent when you can really groom and develop your next phase of leadership from within and keep building those newest employees into your organization. That's your future leadership if utilized correctly. And so building in a leadership development program that really starts with your youngest employees, building them up to be the future leaders of your organization just sets you up for long-term success. For sure. Retention is the name of the game, right? I mean, we all know it's a competitive labor environment, right? And I think leadership definitely is those skills. And, and I can tell you too, just even kind of coming from the student perspective, it is the skill set that they want, right? Like, so, you know, think about, you know, we talked about Gen Z last time, right? But these are folks that kind of, I don't want to say more knowledgeable, but they have more opinions in terms of their educational needs, right? So like, they're coming into a work situation where they're saying like, listen, here's kind of what I'm expecting, right? And as employers, I think it's important that we kind of listen to that. And the skill set that they really, really are asking for is leadership, right? Like they understand that it's a gap and they understand that they need to build it. And so as employers, it's a it's low hanging fruit to provide that for them. Yeah, and it's imperative right now to create that employee first culture within an organization and show that to your workforce that their development and that their progression really matters um, so again, yeah, investing in a leadership development program really just shows that that you're invested in your employees. You know, and Josh, I'm actually glad you brought that up because I think that actually is important to highlight that the reason also why it's important too is because we've also experienced the shift in leadership specifically. What I mean by that is gone are the days of command and control leadership, right? Like servant leadership is really how people are responding well to employers, right? To to companies, right? And so there actually needs to be somewhat of a retraining around that for folks that have been leaders for quite some time, because that's really the type of leadership that's really, I think, going to attract the type of folks that you want into the culture, this employee first culture that you mentioned, and this people first culture. So I think there needs to be some retraining on that and how you kind of move from that previously command and control leadership towards more of that servant leadership side. So that also is another reason why HR leaders should, should really be considering uh, those types of options. Yeah, I love it. Well said, Neil. So what are some practical ways that organizations can start creating a culture of leadership development if maybe they're lacking? Yeah, um, I mean, certainly, you know, when it comes to kind of building that culture, right? I mean, I think that's something that has to start from the top down, right? And a lot of that comes to, you know, I don't know if it's, it could be the CEO, it could be the C-suite, but there has to be authenticity with your leadership, right? And I think that's one thing that millennials and Gen Z have, I think, really sniffed out is that if you're not authentic with that leadership, right, you're not walking the walk, so to speak, then they can see that, right? And so I think it's important that whatever your leadership 
um, ideals are and the characteristics that you find to be important as a leader in your organization. Make sure that's consistently being executed from your senior leaders. And then that's starting to cascade throughout the organization. So I think it's just important that there's some kind of consistency and authenticity. And if you can kind of achieve both of that, then I think that culture will definitely start to build in your organization. I love that idea of top-down as well, and giving your even youngest employees some exposure into situations and challenges that maybe are faced up at the leadership level. And providing a little more transparency, too, is a great opportunity, even down to explaining common business terms that are dealt with at a leadership mm-hmm. level, or some of the, just the financial challenges that is being looked at all the way up at the C-suite. Explaining that to your newest employees so that you understand what some of those challenges are, and it's at least part of their lexicon early on. I think that's such a great opportunity and something I've seen certain organizations utilize where they provide that training, that exposure, that transparency to their entire workforce, to their youngest members. So there's some familiarity and just a feeling that it's not just completely reserved for the C-suite. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it allows you to kind of bridge that gap, right? Between, you know, the, the generations you're probably going to have in your organization. Right. And I think that's really where leadership can be that unifying tool between, uh, between, you know, boomers and Gen Z and Gen X, right? And so like, uh, as well as millennials, right? So, you know, I think all of that represents that that's just a, a, a good output from putting together a leadership program. Are you sick of HR busy work, like entering tons of data for every employee, constantly fixing payroll errors and using a bunch of apps to get it all done? Of course you are, because it's all so unnecessary. With Paycom, employees enter and manage their own info and even help ensure payroll is done right the first time. All-in-one, easy-to-use app. Break through the unnecessary with Paycom. Learn more at paycom.com betty. That's paycom.com b-e-t-i. Now, something I've found really interesting, Neil, is over the last two years and the shifts from a majority of workers being on site and in office to now various distributions of workforces, whether yep. fully remote, hybrid, is there's a changing opportunity in working side by side with the leaders of a company or well-established mm-hmm. members. It seems to have changed kind of that mentorship approach. So first off, what role can mentorship play in building young leaders at organizations? To me, mentorship is probably the most important um, aspect of building leaders. Um, it, it's I can't express how crucial it is, and I personally have you know gone through and leveraged mentors throughout my career, right, all the way back until like I was in middle school, right. Frankly, like I'll even just give a quick anecdote here, right. But I remember like so I you know I grew up in the Boston area, and you know I was. Um, you know, I wasn't really into sports growing up, right? But I was, I was kind of a little bit more focused on academics, right? I, I grew up as, you know, part of a, a traditional Indian family where, the, you know, the, the values in education were like paramount, right? Like, I mean, it was kind of like perform or die, right? Like, I mean, that was like literally what I grew up with, right? And so, you know, when I went to high school, um, I joined uh, the debate team, right? I was actually recruited to the debate team. Um, and I remember I joined and I was, I was so confident because I had always focused on academics that, um, I, I immediately, um, I went to the first tournament and they had these like weekend tournaments and I went to it and I lost so quickly, right? Like, I mean, I got into my first debate round and I just got crushed. And I remember leaving that and I was so angry with myself. And my dad asked me, he said, he asked me two questions. He goes, first, why are you angry? You don't even know how to do this. And two, who's the best debater that you can learn from, right? And so 
I remember that. And, you know, at, at the age of 15, right, like you think you know everything. I mean, it's just kind of the, the way that you operate. And I, and, and I honestly go back to that point because I immediately felt like I shifted, right? Like I, immediately, I, it, it was almost kind of disarming where like, I don't need to be the smartest person, right? Can I learn from somebody else, right? And so right then, you know, I started to kind of, you know, pair up with this debater who was fantastic um, and really taught me a lot. And, and I, it really just kind of immediately kind of ingrained in my mind the importance of mentorship, right? And so I learned from that person. And then when I became the captain of the debate team, I did the same thing with the, the with mentees, right? I kind of supported and grew them. And that's something that's kind of helped me throughout my career, right? So not only into that, obviously that was in kind of in high school, but it was the same thing when I was, did an internship in college. I started early in my career. Mentorship has always kind of played that route um, for me. And so it, it's just one of those opportunities that I suggest that everyone leverage, right? And it doesn't have to necessarily be orchestrated by your company, it can be, right? I think that's a great thing if a company can do that. But I think it's something that every single young leader needs to do because it just, it changes your mindset from feeling like you need to know everything, right? Like you need to be the smartest person in the room to more of a disarmed position of like a growth mindset. Like I'm here to learn, right? Like I'm here to to really kind of understand from someone who's had that success and can I be humble enough to learn from them, right? Like it, it kind of, you know, that old adage of being humble, hungry, and smart, right? Like those are the, the folks you want in your organization. Mentorship really keys that up and really sets that foundation. I love that adage of being humble, hungry, and smart too. I think that, that summarizes it perfectly in terms of how we should be approaching mentorship from both ends too. I think there's something that can be given to the mentee, the mentor, I should say as well, who can pay it forward. So the reason I was bringing up initially the idea of shifting to remote and hybrid work is how has mentorship changed as a result of that shift? It, it maybe once was that you could learn from your coworkers, people that you work with every day, and identify those connections. That seems to have changed a bit as we become more distributed. So how have you seen mentorship change? I think for the better, um, you know, because I think the, the the nice part is now with you know technology that we now have, you can find a mentor anywhere, right, in any part of yeah. the world, right. And I would say the medium of online, certainly, you know, would you prefer to do some things in person? For sure, right? I mean, I, I totally get that. But when it comes to mentorship, right? I mean, now you have access to find people in different parts of the world, in different, you know, industries and whatnot that you can really learn from. So I actually look at it as much more of a positive that it's now with the remote and hybrid work models becoming more the norm. It's kind of set the table for allowing people to kind of communicate more effectively through digital mediums. And as such, it just opens up all types of opportunities for that. So I, I think it's actually a great, a great opportunity for folks, not only to look within your company, but certainly externally as well. Yeah, accessibility has become much easier yeah. with technology. And with our universal comfort with technology, you've got tools such as LinkedIn, which are great for networking, building yeah. up networks. But even internally within your organization, there's more opportunity to now meet with your highest members. The CEO of an organization can now have lunch and learn opportunities and effectively meet with 20 people in a sitting and can do it from home, can do it from from their location where, again, maybe fitting that into a traditional in-person schedule wasn't really feasible. There's just a wider reach you can have that yep. now. Yeah, that, that that absolutely is a great opportunity, a great way to embrace technology. Yep, absolutely. So, Neil, looking at organizations that maybe want to develop a successful mentorship program or a networking program, as you mentioned, it can be done independently, but there are some organizations who probably who can create dedicated mentorship programs. Sure. Where can you start? Well, I think you have to first understand that um, there's kind of two sides to mentorship, right? So one is... 
and I think for anyone who's wanting to go into something like this, you gotta you gotta make it a habit, right? And and what I mean by that is you want to make sure you're doing two aspects of mentorship, right? You always want to make sure you are a mentee, right? Meaning like you are learning from somebody, right? You're extracting value from somebody, right? And at the same time, can you also mentor somebody, right? Like so you're empowering other people's, right? And or other people, right? And the reason I bring this up is because if this is geared towards building your leadership skill set, that's really where mentorship on both sides becomes extremely powerful, right? Because you're both learning constantly, right, from somebody else. You're you're absorbing skill sets, you're absorbing knowledge and information that'll help you in your journey. And at the same time, if you're able to also give back, right, you got to pay it forward, right? If you learn how to do that, you really learn how to empower others. And when you can do that, you're doing both sides of the coin, your leadership skills have no choice but to get better, right? Like if you do both, right? And the goal is, can you do it once a month, right? So can you meet with somebody once a month and can you support somebody once a month? And if you do that every single month, start turning that into a habit, that's really where uh, kind of the skill set starts to starts to starts to become very powerful. And so my suggestion is is that for any HR leader that's trying to build this for their organization, that's where this starts to get some um, starts to get some momentum because not only are you able to um, uh, find mentors, it shouldn't be any problem to also find mentees, right? Because now you've got kind of a system where folks are willing to learn, but they also um, want to give back as well. And I think when you start to get that cycle and you set that table, that's where we can start to build a successful program. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you for that, Neil. And, and yeah, that's the investment, again, from top down and really having your leaders be open to sharing and open to learning from their youngest employees, from their invested mentees. Mm-hmm. When it's accepted that that learning is going both ways and it's not just I'm teaching from top down, but that it's fluid, right? That there's mm-hmm. sharing on both ends. That's a great way to approach it. And I really like that approach too of looking at something monthly, having something dedicated on the schedule where you're building that relationship over time that can then sustain through life's changes, career changes. You, If you really are building that dedicated program together with regular check-ins, you'll be able to help measure that advancement. You'll be able to kind of keep up with those relationships and, and develop something that's really strong to develop your workforce. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's great. So, Neil, looking at as we're having this conversation toward the end of 2022 and teams are looking forward to 2023 and setting out their workforce objectives, are there any development goals that HR leaders should be thinking about introducing into their workforce for 2023? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to understand, well, a couple things, right? One is that it's, I think just kind of the overall tenor of the workforce right now is that making a societal impact is important. Right. And so I think that's that's something that employees are looking for more out of the companies that they work for. Right. So kind of just kind of ensuring that whatever the mission is of the company, how is it positively impacting society? I think is something important that all HR leaders should be connecting that box to. Right. Um, And leadership is a clear way towards driving towards that societal impact. Right. And so as you're an HR leader and as you're kind of developing folks. Right. Certainly leadership is going to help them with their career, but if you can also help them understand that building leadership as a skill set is is part of a habit that can really empower them for the rest of their lives is important as well, right? Like try to kind of lift it beyond than just kind of the career impact. Really try to show them that becoming a leader is also going to have an impact on society. I think you're going to get a lot more buy-in from those employees that you're looking to develop, right? Helping them understand that when you become a leader, 
it's an affinity, right? Like it's a part of who you are. It's a part of your DNA. And it's not only going to impact you in your career. It's going to impact you uh, in your community. It's going to impact you with your personal relationships and your family relationships, right? All of those will be impacted by you developing the skill set. And when you do that, I think you're going to get a lot more buy-in from those folks that you're looking to develop. So, so something to consider there. That's great. Thank you for sharing that one, Neil. And again, that really ties into what we're seeing just in the shift of work-life blend, right? And that really does have so many impacts beyond just your working day. And embracing that leadership culture, as you mentioned, really can have a full life effect and life change. So really investing in that and creating that culture to develop leaders can be so crucial for HR leaders, for workforces, for organizations, something certainly to focus on in 2023. Now, again, we're here with Neil Cowan, President and CEO of the National Society of Leadership and Success. Neil, do you have anything you want to share with our audience, uh, something you're excited about and want to plug? Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, we're still in the process of launching this uh, this new professional membership, which I think is going to be a great opportunity for uh, companies and others to kind of upskill their groups. Um, so for now, if you'd like to kind of follow along, you can always find me on Twitter. It's forward slash Neil Count. Uh, my first name and my last name, pretty easy to find. Uh, we'll be kind of releasing some more information from there in terms of uh, how companies can get involved uh, with this professional membership and if it's something they want to consider. But um, that, that I would say that's about it. Great. And you have a website we can send anyone who's interested to go sure. to? Sure. You can always visit nsls.org, um, nsls.org. Yeah, pretty simple. And uh, you can get uh, any information you'd like on, on what it is that we do and how we support leaders uh, from there. Fantastic. Now, Neil, as you are a returning guest, typically we reserve that last question to ask about motivation and what gets you motivated to start your day. But you've already shared that one. So let's go out with this question. What's something you're excited about going into 2023? Oof, what's something I'm excited about? Um, so what I'm really excited about is you know, when we think about kind of this next generation of leaders, these next generation of students that are that are coming, um, what I am so excited about, and I talked about a little bit before, is how excited they are about making the world a better place, right? And, you know, you might hear that from time to time from companies, and it might feel cliche or whatnot. What I can tell you is that this next group of leaders that are coming, and I've seen them, right? We have these summits throughout the year, and these students are motivated, they're hungry, but they aren't, they aren't just in it for themselves. They really are thinking about um, how to make this kind of societal impact to make the community, to make themselves, uh, and, and to kind of go beyond themselves and to make the world a better place. So I am just, I'm really excited for what's coming in the next year um, in terms of their impact. That's great. Thank you for sharing that, Neil. And again, that's exciting for our audience of HR leaders to know that that injection into the workforce is coming as, as the Gen Z workforce really continues to grow. And so again, just to tie things back up, building a corporate culture dedicated to leadership development can really be essential in having an organization that can propel the Gen Z workforce that will continue to grow is really coming with some great future leaders. So Neil Count, President and CEO of the National Society of Leadership Success. Thank you again for joining the HR Works podcast. It was great to have you back. We'll certainly check back in, but thanks for this time. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate being here. Thank you for listening to the HR Works podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible. 